Hello everyone, welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast. This is actually episode 123 this time, so uh, joining Richard and Seth again, you, you kept the spirit alive, Richard, <laughs> so awesome, awesome cast you to both of you uh, last week, that was great. Um, again, this is your weekly uh, podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related, um, and you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, MTG Goldfish, and on YouTube, so hello to YouTube. Uh, joining me as always, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What's up, Richard? Hey guys, what's up? How's it going, Richard? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator. What's up, Seth? Oh, what's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Have you laughing already, Jazz? We haven't uh, even started talking. I've joined. I'm in a great. I'm in a great mood. You guys have me in a great mood. This is going to be awesome. I'm I'm happy to be back. Uh, Chaz joining you as always too. Uh, all around content creator, uh, focusing on the financial aspect of the game. Um, and yeah, you already have me laughing. But yeah, uh, let's just <laughs> outline the docket for today. Uh, we have some commander 2017 huge disclaimers. Dot you know star star. You know huge disclaimer. They're leaked. Uh, but we're going to talk about them anyway. They may not be real, but we wanted to talk about them because they're really interesting. Uh, we have a few cards for Commander 2017. Uh, that'll bring us to a Hascon discussion and then move us along to Modern. Uh, a lot of uh, big GPs. A lot of interesting stuff has happened, um, and it's great. So we want to talk about it, and then that will move us to Fishmail. So, um, yeah, gentlemen, great cast last week. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, feeling a lot better. Um, so let's talk about some sweet cards. Uh, yeah, take it away, Richard. All right. So uh, disclaimer, disclaimer, these cards were leaked last week. They they were leaked on an Instagram account, and there are several pictures of reprints and new cards from Commander 2017. We don't know if they're real or not. Uh, you can take a look at the photos yourself. Uh, there'll be a link in the podcast description. But we'll start with the, the reprints. So Broodmate Dragon, Steel Halkite, Haven of the Spirit Dragon, Spellbound Dragon, Tyrant's Familiar, Crucible of the Spirit Dragon, Ojutai, Soul of Winter, Silumgar the Drifting Death, Coligan the Storm's Fury, Dromoka the Eternal, and Atarka World Render. So Seth's favorite dragon lands, uh, the little yes. dragon lords, <laughs> and uh, some <laughs> some famous dragons. So, so those are the reprints, and yes. clearly this is a uh, tribal dragon deck. Uh, the the theme for this time around is tribal. So one of the decks is uh, tribal dragons based on this. So start with one of the new cards. Oh, Kagachi Vengeful Kami. One white, blue, black, red, green. So five five color commander. Uh, legendary creature, dragon spirit, flying trample. When Oh Kagachi Vengeful Kami deals combat damage to a player. If that player attacked you during his or her last turn, exile target non-land permanent that player controls. 6-6. So, Dragon Spirit, Legendary Creature. So, um, I guess we'll take Kamigawa stuff anywhere we can get it. <laughs> uh, this, is, <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, th- it seems like one of the sets will be five-color dragons, or allegedly, uh, like Richard said. Uh, I'm liking this. I, I think... For me, just before we talk about the specific card, like this was going to be... I'm not like hugely into tribal commander stuff. I know a lot of people do enjoy it. It is fun. It's just not something I would personally play, but 
this has me really interested. I mean, the cards are, like, really interesting and awesome. And I did not expect uh, to be, like, really into this stuff. So, um, yeah, what better way to pull us in than a five-color dragon from Kamigawa? Uh, color me impressed. Um, it's it's pretty good for its casting cost. has a really interesting ability. Um, so, I mean, you always like to somewhat vindicate <laughs> things. Um not much else going on here, but nice, you know, g- giant dragon for its casting cost and a pretty cool effect. So, what do you think of the theory that they're all going to be four color, uh, five color decks? There's only four of them. That would explain why there's an odd number, maybe. Yeah, that's actually interesting, and it came up. Um, I would totally be for it because that way you can kind of include uh, different tribes in the same set, but. Um, we'll have to see. I don't know. That would be awesome because it wouldn't just delegate any one of the commander sets to one or potentially one um, tribe, but that would be cool either way, even if it was one tribe. I don't know that there's enough five-color tribes to make that happen. It, it might be <sighs> like two five-color decks and like two three-color decks or two four-color decks, but like allies, slivers... Like it starts Death getting pretty thin after. <laughs> you Seth's can't have like five tribe, goblins. Allies. I guess you could. I, can't wait. There's some old sets where <laughs> where they have weird color pie things. Yeah, that is true. You I mean, do like five color beasts. There's like beasts of like all colors. Humans. Humans. Yeah. Oh, that's so boring. Um, <laughs> if they do humans <laughs> as a deck, oh my god. <laughs> I think if there's an Allies Commander product, we will definitely hear it from Seth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His discontent. <laughs> Major discontent. <laughs> I mean, the card itself is pretty sweet. It has... They do a good job adding multiplayer stuff to the cards, and this has a cool multiplayer effect where it can kind of work like a ghostly prison type effect. At least it's going to make your opponent think twice about attacking you if you have this out, because good chance you can get in damage thanks to trampling. It's not like they can just chump it with a lingering souls token or some random flyer very easily. So I think it might kind of work to deter your opponents from attacking you. So I like the card. I think it's pretty cool. And I love the name. Okagachi Vengeful Kami just has like a, I don't know, poetic syllables to it or something where it, it sounds cool to me. This card sucks. <laughs> it has nothing oh. to do with dragons or spirits. It's like a pseudo... It's not even a fog, right? Like, it it stops people from attacking you. But what that means is they'll just all attack you at once and kill you in one shot. Or if you somehow manage to get everyone to attack you and you pillow fort them, all you get for this is a Vindicate out of a six-mana, you know, vanilla creature. So I actually don't like it, and it's not very dragony to me. Like, what what about this card screams Dragon Spirit? You could have called this, like, anything else. Like, we- That's the inclination that it's real, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just play, like, Sliver Queen or something in my five-color dragon deck, right? Like, it actually has a better ability. So, I don't know. This, yeah. this is just, like, a big beater. Like, I don't I don't know what you can do with Sometimes this Sometimes that's all the, the dragon needs to be, right? Like, if it wasn't legendary, you could uh, put these... Uh, what, what's the sword that gives Myriad? Uh, this blade oh, of selves. Yeah, like if you could somehow like make a pillow fort deck, force everyone to attack you, and then blade of selves this thing, then we're talking. But as is, it's like a lot of work for a vindicate. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that's true. I don't think it's that bad, though, but I guess it's arguably one of the least exciting out of the le- uh, the leaked sure. cards. Alright, next card. Ramos Dragon Engine. So, six, uh, generic mana, legendary artifact creature dragon, flying. When you cast a spell, put a plus one plus one counter on Ramos Dragon Engine for each of that spell's colors. Remove five plus one plus one counters from Ramos. Add uh, two color of each mana. So that's that's like white, blue, black, red, green, but two of each to your mana pool. Activate this ability only once each turn. Four four. This card seems busted, right? I mean, I mean if you can oh go yeah, off it's really it, strong. It's like a ton of mana of any color, right? You can you can activate door to nothingness. That's the combo. <laughs> it's exactly what you need to door to nothingness someone. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have to use the mana. You can just cast spells and make this thing gigantic. If you cast a five color spell, it becomes a nine nine. And that triggers every spell, right? The yeah. once per turn is only for making the mana. So if you can just yeah. like cast a bunch of spells, and it's a five color colorless commander, essentially, like it, it does work as a five color commander. So it seems like it would be pretty easy to one shot people with commander damage with that. Thing. Yeah, like doubling yeah. season or something, plus like <laughs> like two charms yeah, and like someone is dead. Right? It it gets out of control pretty quickly. And now, you can abuse again, the mana this is why too. I'm excited. Like you have a hard, you have like throwbacks to Kamigawa already locked in. Now you have like this is just bringing me back to like all the the sets I was playing when 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 I was little or you know when I was first you know playing the game. And this is like a flavor masterpiece, isn't it? Like you have the a five color colors commander. You have Ramos and all. I don't know if anyone noticed, but um, I, was, I saw a few people notice this that. All of the artifacts from that block, um, those are all the colors that you can get from all the, uh, like, the, the tooth and the skull, and it's the double color because you can tap it and then sacrifice it. <laughs> that cycle was so bad. I forgot that those it was, were a thing. It was, but it, I, I'm glad that they, like, included that because it was so, pretty, so those you got this, literally... like, weird... Those were, that's Ramos Dragon's <laughs> engine. It's Ramos's teeth is what those were. Yeah, like all of those pieces now make the, the dragon engine. Yeah, they were all artifacts. So it's like clearly an awesome flavor win too. I do like that they do that. That's one of the coolest things is Wizards isn't bound by the set they're on, the plane they're on with these commander sets. So you do get to see a lot of cool callbacks. We got to see Planeswalkers a couple years ago from characters from the very distant past that Wizards could never make work in a standard set. So I think that's one of the most exciting things about the commander releases is those flavor wins. And they seem to be doing a really good job with it these days. Uh, Good old Rakadian masks. That was a cool (laughs) set. No, it was, re- no, it was just it really interesting no. to see that because I saw this card and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> All right. Sorry, next go ahead, card. Seth. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> next card from just... uh, from the guy that brought you Tygum Scheming. <laughs> we, we didn't see him in the original set, but here he is. Tygum Ojitai Master. Two white and a blue legendary creature, human monk. Instant sorcery and dragon spells you control can't be countered by spells or abilities 
Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, if Taigem Ojutai Master attack this turn, that spell gains rebound. 3-4. Yeah, this is crazy. I don't even... Like, I was discussing this card. I don't even think... You, like, you could play this on its own without any dragons, and it's still a good card. I actually... <laughs> yeah, I think the card's super good. I really dislike the dragon thing, though. It feels so yeah. forced to me. It feels like... It was supposed to be instants and sorceries, can't be countered, they have rebound if it attacked, that makes sense. The dragon part feels like it was kind of forced to me and tacked on just to make it work in this deck, I don't know, that was my impression of it, but I think it's really powerful. No, I, I yeah, like I the dragon aspect, remember, what was it, Fate Reforged, when did all these dragon cards come out, but they had all of the cards that relied on having a dragon? Like foul yeah, time like, vacation um, and whatnot. This so this is just a throwback. Prerogative. Yeah, this is just a throwback to that. It should oh, be. It like, is. You should be able to reveal a dragon or something as well to make something happen. But I, I don't I'll mind tell you dragon what, spells. If this is not in a five color deck, though, like <laughs> if this was your commander, the pool of really good dragon cards in blue and white drastically <laughs> diminishes. Oh, like, you die. You get one dragon. <laughs> and that's, like, pretty much it. Uh, there's, you get, like, maybe Icefall Regent. I'm and... sure. Oh, wait. What's the cycle from Mirage? I know there's Pearl Dragon. And what's the, the blue <laughs> yeah, one? Uh, Mist, Mist Dragon. Tika? Is there, I think, wait, no, that's, that's I think an artifact, right? phases out or something horrible. All right. I'm going to have to ask the question. <laughs> Is this legacy playable? No, 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 no. Do you think? Okay. Do you think so? No, but I'm just I'm asking. Gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> because, gonna say yes uh, because it's the only format you can play these cards. In. I'm not falling into this trap. <laughs> but how annoying is it if you play a Cavern of Souls and then play this thing? All of your spells are uncounterable. The downside is then he just eats the swords <laughs> to plowshares. <Yeah>. But <laughs> I mean, you can only play these in Commander and then Legacy and Vintage. So. We're going to throw it out I mean, there. We don't think it's we, legacy playable. I mean, can't you, for one more mana, you can play Teferi, which is kind of the same? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it could be a sideboard card, yeah, I guess. If I mean, really you can play Jace. Through. You could, God forbid, play Narset if you want the rebound <laughs> ability. <laughs> How, you can play Boseju um, if you wanted the uncounterability. Hmm. So there, there's the other things. I don't think it's playable, but you never know. I love me some Buseju. Wait, wait, how is... Okay, let me just ask. Marin, was that any kind of fringe? I know, like, some Nick Fit deck started using Marin's to some effect, right? Never heard of this. Everything's playable in Nick Fit. (laughs) Everything is... Any standard staple was playable in Nick Fit, so maybe. (laughs) Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. But these are not Nick Fit colors, so you'd have to slot this into Miracles or something, but I don't think you would card is super powerful. I do think it just works without dragons. I do kind of agree with Seth that the dragon thing kind of seemed like tacked on at the last second, but it doesn't really have, actually makes any kind of sense with Ojutai. Uh, but, yeah. I look forward to this card in 1v1 Commander. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, like, nice Brawl deck you got there. I'm just gonna play Tygunch. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Uh, it's like cavern into Tygo, but it's like, uh, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, next card. The Ur Dragon. Well, I got the Ur Dragon. Four, white, blue, black, red, green. 
So five colored commander with a hefty nine converted mana cost. <laughs> Legendary creature, dragon avatar. A new keyword, uh, eminence. As long as the Ur dragon is in the command zone or on the battlefield, other dragon spells you cast cost one less. Flying, whenever one or more dragons you control attacks, uh, draw that many cards, then you may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield, 10-10. There's a lot of things going on here. Um, it's it's kind of weird that the Eminence is only one less to cast. I kind of feel like that should have been ramped up a little bit, or like as, as many times as it goes back to your command zone, it like adds one to the Eminence. I, I don't know, but the second ability is insane. Yeah, I mean, you're only using Eminence. How are you going to cast the Super Dragon? You're only going to be using its eminence, right? Yeah. It's like a permanent yeah. rampant growth you have in effect here. Or a permanent, uh... What are, what are those medallions? Yeah. It doesn't count for itself, which kind of... I mean, it's it's clearly really powerful, but it's also yeah. 9 mana, so it probably should be really powerful if you're going to pay 9 mana in 5 colors. I, I don't imagine you cast this very often is the thing so is one mana off gonna make you play this as your commander over like uh scion of the ur dragon the other commanders we've been talking about from this set there's one of the cool things is all these creatures are legendary so there's like a million new five color dragon commanders yeah. that we've seen so far so you have a ton of options i think it's sweet and we've seen abilities that just sit in the command zone and do stuff be really powerful before uh so i'm a little scared of it just because of that we've we've seen that happen when they've used this type of mechanic in the past that just having that static effect for free all game long and your opponent can't interact with it can be pretty powerful yeah i'm gonna say this is a terrible commander i don't think you want this as your commander <laughs> but i think you're gonna s slam it in as your 99 and just reanimate it and go to town We've seen so we... many games where there's just, like, nothing on the dragon player's side, and then all of yeah. a sudden, like, a billion dragons come down, there's, like, ten extra turns, and just, like, random crap is going off, and the War Dragon perfectly fits into this. Like, you just slam down some dragons, reanimate this thing, attack, drop in more dragons, take an extra combat step, go crazy, put in more dragons, and just, like, dragon storm off. So I think this fits right in there. Uh, I don't know how often you're going to get to 9 mana to actually hard cast an Ur Dragon. That that was going to be tough. <laughs> yeah, uh, luckily in EDH, there's, I mean, you have access to every color, so there could be some, you know, infinite com mana combos to get this thing out for whatever reason. I don't know then why you wouldn't win the game, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I do think the one less, like, it, I, I felt like there's more to be desired there, but that's that's pretty strong over the course of the game. I mean, just thinking about what is it? Three mana broodmate dragon? No, four mana. Four mana. Broodmate's five. Four. I think it's four six, mana broodmate. Actually. Is it? It's yeah. three and Jund. Yeah. Okay, you can oh. get uh, Stormbreath dragon. You, you can get one one mana dragon. Mm. Whelp. Oh, what's the one that kills all the lingering souls tokens? Thundermaw Hellkite. Thundermaw for four. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty good because you, like, you have ramp as well, right? Or, you know, you just turn one Sol Ring, turn two land, and then play your scary dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of scary dragons, we got one more. 
All right. This one's awesome. Wasatora Nekaru Queen. Two black, red, and a green. Legendary dragon. Uh, legendary creature. Cat dragon. Yes, it's a cat dragon. Flying trample. When Wasatora Nekaru Queen deals combat damage to a player, that player sacrifices a creature. If that player can't, you create a 3-3 black, red, and green cat dragon creature token with flying. 5-4. So I did... I did the reverse Richard here. I saw this one first, and I'm like, no, there's no way. This this cat dragon, like, this is fake. And then I saw the other cards, and I'm like, no, nah, it's real. <laughs> I thought this was the dumbest thing ever, and I thought it was fake until apparently cat dragons have been referenced in Magic for quite a while. <laughs> like, yes. This is not something they just randomly made up, but it's actually been in the lore. You know, I thought this was like Almond, you know, Almond Cat. You know, Almond Cat, they've gone crazy <laughs> with the cats, but no, this... Almond Cat. This... Yes. I don't know what's going on. Why are there cat dragons? And when I think Jund, I think of flying cat dragons, right? Like, what <laughs> is going on? I'm good with it. Uh, I actually think this is the best card of the dragons that we've seen. I mean, this is not just because it's five man, obviously, for EDH uh, purposes. Like, Ramos can can go off, and it's like kind of scary and crazy. But this is just cr- awesome value. I mean, for five... You have like it reminds me of Broodmate Dragon esque type things going on here. It's it's easy to connect with Trample, uh, and not only just getting the three three is great, but they also sacrifice a creature. Um, so either way, you're getting value here. I I really dislike that you cats are normally white, so you can't really use this as a commander of your cat deck. I wish it was, nah. like, Naya colored or something, yeah. so you could have a tricolor cat commander. A Johnny does not approve. <laughs> but, I mean, it's fine. You get in, you make your opponent sacrifice something. It seems like a reasonable card. I don't know. I still think Ramos is... That's the card that I'm most impressed with out of the bunch, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's a cat dragon. It feels gimmicky, but it's been there, so I guess it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a three. It makes three three tokens, or they sacrifice a creature, which isn't bad. Five four. I guess it's fine. It, it tramples, but I would have liked white, like Seth said. To me, the most exciting card is probably the Ur Dragon. Or no, Tigum. Tigum is pretty good too. I, I mean, yeah, I just like the Ur Dragon as a commander. I like it as a scary dragon in the 99. Now, see, this is, like, again, I'm excited. These are cool, really cool cards, but this is kind of, like, what I feared would happen, again, coming from my perspective when looking at these commander products is, like, it's cool, but I'm just going to gravitate to the card, like, Tygam, and that's, like, pretty much it. It's because you don't like it dragons has, or tribal. Well, no, I mean, it has nothing to do with dragons. <laughs> but this card doesn't even have anything to do with dragons. It's just like an overall good card. Like, I like the Nikoru Queen. I would probably play that if I was, you know, playing multiplayer just to throw it in there. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a dragon. Yeah, it's the novelty of the cat dragon that I think will draw right. a lot of people to play this because you just whip it out and the other player's like, is that a cat dragon? Like, what? <laughs> is this a real card, judge? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So, And I'm with Seth. Like, Ramos can do, like, interesting stuff. Ramos, Ma- Ramos. Ramos is probably the most, like, broken one in which you can build a deck around uh, it and just go crazy, I think. Yeah, it seems like you can do some pretty insane stuff with it. Is there a, a, a spell or enchantment or something that makes 
all spells, all colors. That would be absurd. And then you could just like Gitaxian probe and stuff. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do a gatherer search because that would be pretty sweet. Um, from a meta perspective, we know that dragons is like the single most popular tribe in Magic. I think if it's not, it's like top two or top three. Do you fear at all that with this being leaked early, that there's gonna be much less hype for the rest of the decks when we get to real spoiler season in a month and a half or whatever, because we already not only got cards early, but most likely the most popular tribe out of all the decks. Like, is that a concern at all for either of you? No, no, I don't even think dragons is the most popular. Really? Uh, I think, I think slivers, it's popular, just angels, not... even like zombies, goblins. Oh, dragons is definitely up there. I mean, just not with us. I mean, it's, it's up there, but I don't think it's like far and away the most popular. I think all these other tribes are comparable, so I don't think it's like I wouldn't even want to see slivers anymore. But it's the perfect five C deck. If you want a five C deck, I know. Yeah, I get that, but uh, I mean, it just feels like we've had a lot of slivers over the years. Does does this change your predictions <clears throat> for the rest of the decks does this give you any sense of what you, where you think we're heading with the other three decks this definitely changed my perspective now like at first i thought that these would be maybe a couple colors maybe like mono color it really could have gone any different direction but this gives me a, a definite sense of where we could end up and i personally hope that they're all five color or at least three plus colors that you can add a bunch of different things for these tribes and if dragons is indicative of, every, of anything it's gonna I, I was hoping that we would see some offbeat uh tribal stuff but um it just kind of feels like we're gonna get like elves and like goblins and stuff like what offbeat tribes do you want to see like tree folk <laughs> give me the tree folk give me homerids <laughs> how, give how me do you not sell like, commander products tree folk tribal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would listen. It's been a long time since Tree Folk. Like what, Morning Tide? That's a long I mean, time I agree already. With you, but I think we should just slot, you know, one to two Tree Folk in a standard set, as opposed to make uh, a whole Commander product around. I mean, but how many times can we see like goblins and elves and and like Merfolk and like slivers? That's the uh, bread and butter of something. Magic: The Gathering. I know, but it's like ugh. I would think more people like goblins than say uh, Jace. But you that's, give me minotaurs, like give me anything that's like not cool, like the normal, you know. I mean, you got to think though; these are for the casual crowd. Like that's that's the primary audience yeah, for but, these products, and I don't think those people care as much. I think they'd rather have the dragons and that. Those are what casual decks are: dragons and elves and angels and. I don't know. I think that they're like catering to the audience for these products by by using really popular casual drives. I think even the casual players are over like dragons and stuff. Like, how many dragons can you make after a while? Yeah, my biggest complaint like, is they stop feeling like dragons. <laughs> but they have like so many abilities now that they don't feel like dragons anymore. Whereas that's a, dragons yeah, are good, usually like point. hasty. Usually, they deal some kind of direct damage when they attack, and they're red. Now we just like we've we've branched into like everything and now it's just like a normal creature. Kind of like allies, right? Like there's no identity to allies. They're just everywhere, they do everything, they're in every color, and you really can't tell what is an ally and what is not. And uh with these new dragon cards, we've kind of hit that point with dragons. They kind of just do everything now. And 
there's no real identity anymore. So they should have just added fire breathing to everyone below the rest of the text. Just one red gets plus one plus zero and ten to turn, and then and then you're good. Just fire breathing. That's the only ability you can have. Fire breathing. <laughs> I just feel like if we don't come out of this with like one of them being like an off, like just five color, like you get okay. You have like goblins. You have the dragons. You have angels. Whatever. You have demons. And then one of them just has to be another five color set with like everything from every kind of set that you could think of. You got like snakes, you got um give me like dinosaurs, give me scarecrows. <laughs> like just throw all that stuff in the in one oh, of them and scarecrows that would be awesome. could work. There's no way yeah, to do that. Scarecrows is a five like, color tribe. Some- the only yes, reason people play Seth. those tribes is because they're <laughs> underplayed. And the minute Seth they become popular, no one will give a crap about Scarecrows. <laughs> it's, it's, it is, yeah, it is like Golems. hipster deck building. <laughs> hipster deck building. All right. Predictions for the other tribes. Assuming this is real and Dragons is one of them, what, is the, what are the other three tribes we're going to see? Slivers. Okay. Uh, Humans. <laughs> Are you at two more? <laughs> no. hey, he, the slivers. Oh, wait, we have dragons. There's only three more. Slivers, allies. No, they're two slivers. Like I, I have no idea except for slivers. Goblins, angels. Okay, and some offbeat thing that is not immediately obvious. Yes, I, I don't think they're going to overload so. and like, use all of the good tribes here. I think they're going to kind of spread it out. So you're not going to see like slivers, angels, goblins, dragons, but you'll see two or three popular ones. And then you'll see something that didn't immediately pop out to you. And I hope it's not allies. <laughs> I hope it's not humans or something like that. <laughs> see, this is why they needed five again, because then they could do like four, like you have dragons, angels, demons, whatever. Like angels I'm fine with, demons I'm fine with. I'm kind of over like elves and goblins, and this is elves even coming from a green player. But you just needed that one offbeat one with like all these different crazy tribes in there. And I think you could have made some really sweet cards. I think it'll be I'm offbeat, still pulling like for wizards, the five color. Wizards offbeat, not mishmash. Tree folk offbeat. <laughs> oh. That's going to be so disappointing. Well, you know, you never know. Maybe on spoiler day, we chance. will see like, tree folk return. Yeah, I really to... hope so. This was the chance to do it. What's the biggest tree folk set? Kamigawa? Like, Lorwyn. Lorwyn? Lorwyn, Morning Tide. Lorwyn, Morning Tide. Shadowmore, Even Tide, yeah. There's actually some good tree folk in that set, in that block, too. Tree folk I, would, I would be down with tree folk. I think that would be a sweet tribal right? Deck. I'm pretty sure it'll be bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've tried to build one at some point. <laughs> there were some really sweet tree folk back in the day, like Namada Grove Guardian, uh what was the what was the hexproof one? Iron Root Tree Folk. Five man with three Moltani fives. Was the, <laughs> Moltani was the uh hexproof one, I think. Or Shroud. I think it was Shroud back Wait, then. Wait, is Dungrove Elder a tree folk? Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's the best one, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I think Doran's the best so. tree folk. Oh, he's a, oh Doran. Doran's a tree folk? Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay, okay. Maybe we do got something. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're cooking. Yeah. There are some really... Chameleon Colossus is a tree folk. <laughs> That's not <laughs> fair. These names. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I like the old school names of like race slash tribe plus job. 
like tree folk scientist, <laughs> tree folk scavenger, you know, stuff like this. I think you had some of that in War One, like uh, something Banneret. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember the name now. All right, um, so that wraps up Commander. We're hopeful. We're staying hopeful. So some really interesting cards. Hopefully, uh, we see some more crazy stuff uh, once uh, this releases. So we have actually quite some time. Uh, this was really early. This doesn't release till like August. Yeah, this yeah. was a pretty so bad leak because it was actually leaks before <laughs> Commander Anthology. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So someone uh, will actually get in trouble. Touch on that. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like someone just stole like one deck and then just ran away and yeah. posted pictures on Instagram. I don't know what happened here. Actually, really quick, uh, like shout out to. Uh, you know, on Twitter, I think there was like some weird mix-up with the handles, and I'm sure this caused a lot of heart, uh, you know, issues and headaches for Turn One Thoughtsies out there. I don't know if you, uh, any of you, follow them either, but um, certainly not fun. But uh, I'm glad to know everything was was cleared and okay. All right, so Hascon. Richard, run us through Hascon. All right. Because this this is uh, a pretty big discussion. They released the pricing for Hascon. So if you have forgotten, Hascon is the Hasbro convention, September 8th to 10th, Rhode Island Convention Center. So they released the pricing. General admission is $60 for one day, $165 for a three day pass. If you want to draft Iconic Masters, uh, or is it no sealed release? So if you want to play the Iconic Masters release event, it's sixty dollars and includes six Iconic Masters packs. What that means is, if you just want to play Iconic Masters, minimum is one hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, there's also a Magic the Gathering super fan admission that includes a uh, general admission, two entries to Iconic Masters events. Three Hascon exclusive promo cards. They've been confirmed to be silver bordered, so not tournament legal. And they're going to feature a mashup of Hasbro IP. So it's probably going to be like a Transformers card or a My Little Pony card, something like that. Uh, you get entry to the Magic the Gathering 25th anniversary party. There will be Ixalan preview cards there. And then you get a goodie bag with six booster packs, uh, Ultra Pro merchandise, Hascon merchandise, stuff like that. $600 for the super fan <laughs> pack. Wait, does the goodie bag have six packs of Ixalan Doubt in it? Doubt it. They just say six That's booster packs. That's a deal packs. breaker right there. 600 bucks, you don't even get this Ixalan packs? You're going to get Dragon's Bees. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would really, really suck. So basically, have, 120 uh, to play Iconic Masters, or you can go all out and pay 600 and get the promos. Uh, they they said that stuff from the convention will be on the web shop, so I'm guessing that's similar to San Diego Comic Con. So you might be able to get the promos online, but they haven't confirmed the promo specifically for that. Do you get to ride around like in the Optimus Prime like truck in Rhode Island for si- the six hundred? Like, <laughs> I mean, give me yeah, something. You want to ride in a truck in Rhode card. Island? I think we could arrange for that for less than six hundred dollars. <laughs> the, the yeah, the Optimus Prime. I would hope so for six hundred. That this, seems like a lot. I mean, uh, we talked about this, but I'll let you go first, Seth, because you you uh, you're <laughs> you need to get this out. 
So when I when this was first announced, I was actually sort of excited for it because the pre-release of Iconic Masters sounded so unique. The ability to play without having spoilers and all that. We'll see if that actually works out and there's no leaks. But in theory, it sounded really cool. But the price is absurd, I think. I It is ridiculous. I know that if you get the, the normal passes, 165 for three days, that's basically the same as Gen Con or any of the like premium cons. The problem is, I don't know if this event can match up to that. The first ever HasCon, like... Is it really fair to price that like your Gen Con or one of the other like super premier cons out there? And the $600 is insane. I don't see how you actually get your value out of spending $600 on that. So it really made me less excited about the possibility of doing it. So I don't know. It's it's just so scattered and I don't know what I do there like I love magic but I don't care about my little pony I don't even really care about transformers definitely don't care about pie in the face or any of the other Hasbro stuff so I just can't imagine as someone who exclusively cares about magic I would get $600 of enjoyment out of a three-day pass to Hascon. all right wait, wait. Let, yeah. me, let me interrupt you in case you're not familiar with Hasbro brands straight from their <laughs> website Transformers, My Little Pony, Nerf, Magic the Gathering, Play-Doh, Monopoly, G.I. Joe, <laughs> Baby Alive, Lilith's Pet Shop, Pie Face, Beyblade, Drop Mix. We're, we're getting pretty low here. Uh, Mr. Potato Head, uh, Play School, Dungeons and Dragons, and they have partner brands. Uh, so Star Wars, uh, I guess Marvel, they have Avengers, Spider-Man, Guardians, Disney Princess, Disney Frozen, uh, Moana. So Star Wars, Marvel, and Disney are their partner brands. So that's, oh, that's wait, wait. the convention you're, you're missing going two. to. You're missing two. You're missing well, what, two at the bottom. What am I missing? Descendants? The Dream DreamWorks, Trolls, oh. and Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Trolls, I didn't even know it still existed. And Sesame Street. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All kidding aside, I mean, okay. The Iconic Masters thing, like, is still cool, and I get that. Uh, I don't think, like, if you were going there and you really wanted to do that, then I think the 165 is. I I don't even know if it's worth it, but yeah, it's it's just really not up there with the other cons. So, like, I don't. I wish this didn't take away from how cool of an event that Iconic Masters can be and still like still could be. I just think the pricing is just, like you both said, it's just a little unorthodox when you look at the pricing of other large cons. Like, if you're paying roughly the same, these tickets, and you go to Comic-Con in New York or something like that, there's still a lot of stuff to do. You can still, like, kind of spectate and, and look at a lot of different things. There's just so much stuff to do. Um, I, I, you know, you look at those brands, and yeah, like, there's Dungeons and & Dragons and stuff like that, but... I mean, me personally being a GoBots like uh, fan. No, I'm kidding. You know, bad uh, clerks reference there. But I mean, you're right. I think you said it best, Seth, and, and you, Richard. Like, you're really you're scraping the bottom pretty fast after Magic if you're like not into My Little Pony and GI Joe and stuff like that. And I just think you know the pricing needed to be pretty low for the first go around for this and as you kind of add more things as you go along uh you know f- you know year in and year out then you can kind of 
uh, when you have better stuff and more stuff to kind of go through outside of, you know, when obviously they have partner brands, so maybe something comes up there, then you can, you know, go and reevaluate the pricing. But it just really is unfortunate because I do, I love the fact that you can go and it's going to be like kind of a secret event and like like the old um, pre-releases that you used to go to and you're literally opening up the packs and seeing the cards for the first time. There really wasn't a lot of things going on at the internet uh, a while back. So I, I like that aspect, but it's just way too much. It's just way too much. And I, I don't even think like the VIP, because that's why I was asking. I mean, like half-heartedly, you know, bad jokes aside, I mean, what are you really getting for 600? I mean, a party, like, yeah, that's cool, but. Yeah, I think this is going to be a failed convention. I think if it succeeds, it'll be bolstered by Magic the Gathering player wallets because you need to, yeah. if you look at the brands represented here, they're basically for little kids. So you need to remember that to take your little yeah. kid to this, you got to bring mom, you got to bring dad, you got to bring like three kids or something. And now you're not talking like 160, you're talking like four or $500 for the family. And you need a hotel room, you need food. You know, would you rather go to Hascon or would you go to Disney World? You know, if you're going to spend this much money, yeah. like what, what are you doing here, right? To me, this should be like a, yeah, we have $20, let's go check out some My Little Pony stuff, right? So I imagine this will be full of Magic the Gathering players and people doing business, right? Like, I, I can't imagine, I have a family of six, yeah, let's go to Hascon, let's spend like a, a thousand to two thousand dollars, right? It's it's just, I don't know what what the angle is here, right? Like, are you really going to take your kids to see Monopoly, like... Like I have no idea. I think it could be a good, and like you said, it's it's more geared to it's like a family event. They obviously are, you know, kind of pushing it as that. But I do think you're right. It's going to be bolstered by a lot of diehard fanatical Magic the Gathering fans to a lesser extent D and D fans. But other than that, like, yeah, they'll probably have some booths and stuff like that. It'll be interesting, but it's just not going to appeal to a lot of players but, and let's, people. Let's say you're a Magic the Gathering fan. Would a better experience be a Grand Prix or Hascon? Well, that's the that's the problem, right? Is when you go to a con, like you go to Comic Con because you like comics and everything's about comics. If you go to Hascon because you like magic, yeah, you get some magic stuff, but everything else is, or most things at least, are probably not really of interest to you. They're for uh, families and kids and just a completely different crowd, so I think you'd be better off going to uh, GP Vegas, like a major GP like that, I think would be much more of a magic convention than Hascon will be. Like, obviously, yeah, you don't get the, the premier, like the kind of exclusive stuff. Which I guess a lot of it will be on the website anyway. So what? What's really the point? Um, but really, I, I don't think paying this amount for a pre, essentially a pre-release, and a couple silver bordered that really aren't Magic the Gathering specific in general. Like, yeah, they look like Magic the Gathering cards, but they're not really Magic the Gathering cards. So I, I just don't know if it's justified. Just from someone that was willing to spend and go there, I mean, you're really... It just kind of feels like you're going to a con for one thing, and it's like a very small... Like, it's... It likely is the only thing that really should have been there in the... One of the few things that should have been there in the first place. 
It's like going to Comic-Con for, like, video games. Like, yeah, they have more video games these days, and I, you know, I apologize if other folks have gone there, and it's, you know, video games are kind of up there at cons these days. I haven't gone uh, in quite some time, but, um, you know, you go there for comics, and there's a lot of different things going on there for that, and just, it branches out to all these different avenues for this. It's like, you go there for D&D, you know, or Magic, maybe D&D, and then, like, that's pretty much it. It's just a lot of different um, brands for, you're, you're right, Richard Children. So what do you guys think of the silver-bordered Provos? And that's Not basically what you're, for the $600, right? So yeah. general admission is 165 plus uh, two, two drafts is 120 Yep. So that's like three hundred. Let's yeah, say. Yeah. So the rest of oh, that okay. is basically this promo. So you're that's how much you're paying for and these the party, silver right? border promo. Oh, that was in there. Well, I don't know how much the party is worth, but fifty bucks or whatever. <laughs> you know, you get some booster packs, and some merch, and whatever. Call it a hundred. It's not open bar. <laughs> you're paying like two hundred dollars ish <laughs> for this promo. Silver border promos. What's your take on that? Not even interested. Like they aren't. If they were the caliber of a Comic Con. That's what I was hoping they would be. That would actually make it sort of worthwhile, but if I'm going to get a silver-bordered Magic the Gathering-esque type card and it's like Optimus Prime, like what am I supposed to do with that? I'm not I'm not even trying to be like a downer here, but really like where like you can't even use that in like a commander deck, like like just a cool swag for a commander deck, nothing. Like that's like what am I doing with a silver-bordered Optimus Prime like Magic card? No, I'm serious. Do you think it's they're like, gonna, it sucks? Yeah. Like, do you think I, they're going to be expensive though? That's my question. Like, is it a value thing? Or are they just going to be super <sighs> rare? To who and, though? Like the like the holiday promos. Like M- those MSRP are okay. will be some expensive. of those are pretty expensive. Okay, yeah, that yeah, that's fine. I, I just I think it will be a throwaway for a lot of people that you know are willing to spend the two fifty or whatever they are for the Comic Con type promos because they can actually use them, and I get that, but. I mean, this is literally just going to be sitting. I mean, for those of you that like collections, I'm not trying to discount that, but I mean, that's basically what they yeah, are. So I, I like think- silver bordered promos, but I dislike the value they're placing on them. Right, the holiday promos are given out for free. Right, if you're a friend or family of wizards or you know a content creator that they like or whatever, you get it for free. You don't have to pay a hundred dollars. You get it for free, and the secondary market dictates you know, the price. With the San Diego Comic-Con promos, they put a price on it, right? And that price is being bolstered by the fact that these are legitimate magic cards. You know, Jace Vrin's Prodigy, uh, Liliana, The Last Hope. You know, these cards are real cards that actually have value because you can play with them. So now they're giving you Optimus Prime for 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Is that worth it? I don't think so. I think they should have given them away as like $2 promos. You know, you yep. show up at the convention, here's your goodie bag, have these like worthless promos. They're nice and cool, uh, kind of like back in the day when you know Inquest and Scry were still a thing. They would include mm-hmm. like random promo cards in there, right? And not legal well, to even, play. Yeah. And they were just free give me's or you know marginally like two three bucks. So those I like. I don't like. Here's a hundred dollar silver boarded card which you can play you know in your custom cube and that's it. That I think is harsh and. If you are a Transformers fan, are you really going to buy this card if you don't know Magic the Gathering? Like, it, it seems weird 
that they they yep. charge so high for this, right? This this should be free or close to nothing. And you know, if they're super expensive, then let the secondary market dictate that. I, I don't agree with the six hundred dollar price for, which essentially kind of just puts a price on these promos, right? The whole thing is is just a. Uh... It feels like a ripoff. I'm mo- I'm just yeah. I'm disappointed in the pricing aspects of the whole thing. I think it would be a lot cooler if they were like the San Diego Comic Con promos. Like I think it would be sweet if you had a I don't know Optimus Prime, the Card and Liberated, or something that had different art. I think something like that would be cool. Yeah, there are a lot of good puns in the Reddit thread. Like Optimus Prime speaker Zagana. Like you can do all <laughs> kinds of awesome stuff, which players would love. But now, yep. I don't know. Yeah, it it just feels like they're making all the money off Magic players. You know, like we're we're kind of bolstering up the the convention here, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think they just feel like Magic players will just throw money left and right. But I I don't know. I think a Grand Prix. Which we are already complaining is too expensive is better value than say Hascon. And we didn't even mention it, but you mentioned precast, Richard, that it's not easy to get there if you're not on the East Coast. Like you couldn't even fly it's directly not. into Rhode Island. Yeah, right? it's four four hundred dollars and a one connection flight to Rhode Island from the West Coast. Which I don't know. It's okay. not not that many people live in the West Coast, but. Like again, if this is your premier event, this is your launch event. Like, like I don't know, and and maybe people have the same problem with PAX, right? The PAX Prime is probably hard to get to from yeah. the East Coast, but then they made PAX East, so <laughs> they kind of solved that. But this is probably too small. But and this was nice too because it was going to be right in our backyard, Seth. Um, this was something that you we could have easily gone to and. I mean, good on the folks that really die hard and, and do this and obviously are going to provide a lot of hype and opening packs and stuff and will generate all kinds of, uh, you know, it'll be great. I, I still think the the pre-release aspect of it is going to be awesome. I just, I, I can't justify it by... By everything else that's there, I'm the, sorry. The last, the last problem is the reason I would go would be to get the unique pre-release experience, and yeah. what I'm like 95 percent sure would happen is I pay 600 dollars to get the ticket, and then a month before the event, all the cards leak, yes. and it ruins the entire experience anyway. I just can't imagine if they can't keep a commander deck under wraps two months <laughs> before. Before the yeah. set release, is there really any but, way we're not going to get command, uh, iconic not masters? Not even leaks? that, though, right? If you're not in the first flight, right? If you're not the very first event that's happening, by the time you get to your event, social media will be filled with every card, right? So if yeah. you're going to say, well, just ignore social media, you could do that already for Ixalan, yeah. right? <laughs> like you could, you could go to Hour of Devastation yeah. having not read anything on Twitter or Goldfish or whatever if you really wanted the blind experience, right? So. And and Seth, like if you if we were to attend, and and maybe this is just coming from me again. Let's just assume nothing's leaked, all that stuff. You go there, you paid six hundred dollars. We don't know anything about the set. I mean, what if you really are legitimately opening like as your rare like Shiv and Dragon and stuff like that? Like, I, I'm just, I would be, I would be really upset. Well, most people will, right? I mean, I just like think of Modern Masters 2017. Most of your packs were garbage, right? <laughs> like, well, this no, is what's gonna I happen, mean, right? 
No, it, there was some there was some stuff, but I mean, for six hundred dollars to get that experience, I would be really what, upset. What if it's the opposite? I like, guess one thing to pay forty dollars for a draft, five hundred dollar card, and that's one thing. thus negating the price of, of the convention. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we probably got to move on, but it will be interesting yeah. to see the the price of those cards since the release is so far ahead of the actual release date of the set if there's some like first time foils and stuff it'll be interesting to see if there's a massive premium because yep. the supply is going to be just from hascon that's going to be all that are in yeah. existence for like two or three months so you might do better than you think financially because of that sure all right last topic so as of right now are you guys planning on going slash want to go or no go uh, I went from I don't wanting know to if... go to no go, or unlikely yeah. to go. Yeah, I went from wanting to unlikely. Now maybe there's some changes from now until then. Maybe, but it's definitely an unlikely right now. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. And what really sealed it was the Commander 2017 leaks, because I'm almost positive. <laughs> like you're paying for this exclusive first time experience and i just know it's going to be ruined somehow before we get there so i'm a little jaded in that aspect but constructive criticism as of right now i'm not convinced that the price is worth it so hascon needs to release more information needs to hype it up you know needs to say here are the exclusive things we have right this booth you can experience the new star wars game or you know we're gonna have a Literally an Optimus Prime truck you can drive around. like Stuff like that to hype you up, to make you actually want to go. So I think they need more selling because if this is their marketing material, it's not enough. And maybe they will hype it more as we go along. And I think that's what they need to do to get people to actually show up. Yep, that's that's where I'm at. What are are you actually getting? What is... like the experience you're going to be receiving? Because a lot, we, we still need a lot more information on that. All right, uh, last topic. So real quick before we get into fish mail, we wanted to touch on um, a lot of the modern events that were happening. Uh, There was an SCG open. There was a few GPs. Uh, So what do you think about modern? Do you like... uh, There was quite a bit of Amonkhet stuff uh, in there, and I I remember reading... I I can't remember who wrote the article. It was on the... um, the mothership site uh, it, it highlighted eight decks uh, really that kind of benefited from or and and actually spawned their new archetypes uh, with Amon cards. So it was actually really awesome uh, to see all these different uh, decks and these results coming in. Um, so a lot to be uh, excited for if you're a modern player. Like definitely have a lot of cool things going on. I think modern is awesome right now. I think Modern might be in the best place it's ever been in, and it's kind of funny because we've had so many bannings in Standard, and they arguably haven't done that great of a job of diversifying the format, but in Modern, the banning of Gitaxian Probe really put Modern into a super awesome place. I counted up all those events, and out of the top eights, there were 17 different decks out of the 24 that top eighted between 
the three tournaments. And the, the most popular deck was Grixis Death Shadow that had four copies of the 24. So it's super diverse. You can play essentially whatever you want. You can play big mana Tron decks. You can play Storm and Amulet Titan combo decks. You can play aggressive Death Shadow decks. You can play Dredge decks. You can play Control decks. Literally anything you want to do, you can do in Modern. And it feels like old school legacy in that way. Like it's getting to that point where it feels like a super wide open format that rewards you for being really good with your deck and uh, being experienced with the matchups and knowing how the format works. So I'm super happy with modern right now. I don't really think it needs to change in any way. And I don't even know if it can get much better than it is right now, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, Now I know there's a a lot of different archetypes that have been on the come up and certainly we'll see things change and we've had a lot of different discussions about modern um and and where its place is right now uh maybe this is just kind of what they wanted to happen that this it kind of evolves on its own we get to a point like this and then they kind of just kick back into gear and promote modern again i i would personally like uh if they did that because uh certainly the most interesting format right now because it seems like they can't get standard right um it'll probably take a little bit more time for that to happen um legacy's obviously doing its thing but um yeah i mean it's exactly what you said seth i mean it even goes beyond that i mean it's like all different flavors of collected company you have this counters company list now dredge is coming back you have this grixis you have the shadows lists tron decks i mean you have so many different things going on yeah, there's a lot of decks in Modern. I think in terms of enjoyment of Modern, it's kind of the same in my opinion. You still get the feel-bads of, well, I can't beat Dredge because they're doing something totally unfair. And then you, you sideboard for Dredge and then you get stomped by Tron. Or you get ready for those two and then Storm kills you. So it's it's like so diverse, which is good. But at the same time, it's you just have like auto-losses. There's like no deck that can handle all of these decks at once. So it's in an interesting spot. What's really surprising is the resurgence of Storm. Does this mean that something from Storm is going to get banned? Or it, probably is it fair enough now because they, they lean so heavily on Brawl and Electromancer, you actually have some counterplay to them. You know, your removal is not dead. So do you, do you think Storm will get another hit or is Storm okay in the sense that Dredge is okay right now? I mean, it's okay, but Wizards has shown that they don't really like Storm being a deck. So even though I don't think Storm is too overpowered, I could definitely imagine Wizards banning something just because they fe- it feels like they want to stomp Storm mechanic out of existence in Modern. So I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they did it just on principle, Just basically. stop beating around the bush and get rid of Grape Shot and Empty the Wounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, forget... Yeah, you know, forget these rituals and cantrips and stuff. Just get rid of the actual storm finishers. I think it would take them a while because there's other decks that are also, you know, it's not overpowering any kind of deck and not kind of just taking over the format. But if it does get to that point and then you have all this other diversity, I think it would just be an obvious choice. All right. Shall we move on to Fishmail? Yeah, let's let's answer some fish mail. These are really, really All fun. Right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, and we'll get to your questions on air. First question from 10K Freeman, looking to get a set of fail pushes as original set foils. Considering the promo, when do I buy? 
I, I do think the promo will affect the pack foils in some sense. If anything, it will stop them from increasing to absurd amounts. Um, I personally like the foil, uh, but yeah, I would probably wait till those are in circulation and it kind of um, lets the pack foils cool off a bit. Yeah, I agree. I think I would wait until, what is it, September when we uh, get the Fatal Pushes out? Yes, September. All right, next question from Ranin Dark Rider. What do you think of Mystic Speculation as Tier 1 card filtering in Modern? So I think Turn 1. What? Turn 1, I think, is what it's trying to oh, say. Oh, Turn 1 card filtering? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the card is blue... Is this blue sorcery buy back to scry three? It's so bad. Interesting. Mm. Not playable. You're, you're just, yeah, I don't you're think just it's because you're not gonna away a the, card. the turn you want to play it is like the early turns where you're not you're not using your mana efficiently in the early turns, so you're never gonna buy it back. You're just gonna literally pay one to scry three. Would you not just cast serum visions and draw a card in scry two, which is yeah better? <laughs> It's just worse than Serum Visions. Is it? Did you say instant or sorcery? Sorcery, sorcery. It's a sorcery. Yeah, Yeah. so you can't even do any, like, counterbalance shenanigans. So, yep. Nope, don't do it. I guess if you play Delver or something, like, where setting up the top of your deck is really important, Uh, you need Serum Visions 4 to 8, but seems bad. It costs you a whole card. I kind of feel... Yeah, I kind of feel like this... I mean, this has been in the modern pool for quite some time. If, if, If it hasn't seen... A use by now. Well, how long until well, I mean, Serum Visions wanna... gets banned? And this is <laughs> this is the card. <laughs> no. Because you're like Serum Visions is garbage. Look anywhere. at Preordain. But then Preordain, <laughs> you know, look at Ponder. They got the axe, right? So how long until Serum Storm is too strong? Serum Visions must be banned. The other thing, if is anything, there... they'll just ban Storm cards. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I but mean... I mean, I can see a world where Serum yeah, Visions. Yeah goes and blue is actually that far down that would be a <laughs> mystic speculation day. is the next card but <laughs> for the, someone that's played the game for quite some time that would be really but currently i think serum vision th- is just 100 percent better yeah. yeah yeah the other thing is there's like index is one mana rearrange his top five there's some weird one mana wizard creature that's a one one that also lets you rearrange the top five so i think even if you got to the point where you wanted that effect i think there's better options all right. Yep. Next question from Fazitron. So even after Probe gets banned, Storm is back on top. Is it safe to buy into, or should we fear yet another ban? Well, he just talked about this. I used to, yes. I would still be nervous, not because mm-hmm. it's too good, but because Wizards has proved that they don't like Storm being a tier one deck. I think it's okay. I think it's okay because it's creature based now and it's slower. I think the problem with the original Storm is you really couldn't do anything but counterspell it. But now you can theoretically kill Brawl and kill them before they kill you because they don't have the, the mana reduction. So I, I'm i going to lean on it's okay, but like Seth said, Wizards just loves banning Storm decks. <laughs> I I don't even think we should be considering a ban. I mean, I don't even... It's not at the point that it's like critical that it needs But the one. last time it was banned... <laughs> didn't need anything, right? Like they, they, they kind of just, just like hammered it, it to the ground, right? <laughs> yeah, Wizards loves doing that. Like no one plays yeah, Storm, and there'll be true. a random announcement. It's like, yeah, hey, another Rituals banned. Why Simple's not? Like no, yeah. why? 
Fair enough. Uh, next question, Mister Liveau. What do you think the odds of Marvel getting banned are if Bolus, uh, Planeswalker, is in Hour of Devastation? All this banning talk. The original, wow. the original um, Bolus Planeswalker. First off, there's there's zero percent chance that they're gonna the Bolus we've been waiting for is a reprint. I think there's no way it's not gonna be no, a it's, new it's, Bolus. It's not a reprint. It's not going to. Wait, be what did Nickel Bolus even um, do? But the original destroy non creature like permanent gain control of a creature. They did like its ultimate was what actually Nicole Bolas did on the card, something yeah. like that. And then I forget the plus. So plus three, three is destroy three is target like, non creature permanent. Creature. Minus two is gain control oh, target nice. creature. Minus nine is deal seven damage. That player discards seven cards and sacrifices seven permanents. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah it's. Let's suspend the fact that there's no way it's going to be a reprint. I actually don't okay. think that's a better hit than Chandra off Marvel, and definitely not better than Ulamog. I, I think, no, but if they just print a bonus walker, it will probably be really, really good. What does this mean for Marvel? Yeah. <sighs> the problem is, is at any, like, any card that's past five mana that's really good is insane with that's the, that's the so, problem right and i doubt they're gonna make yeah. bolus a terrible card so this it's not gonna leads be a me to believe card. marvel yeah. will get banned no but even if there even if it was a terrible card what what happens the next set when there's not a terrible card i mean marvel is in standard for quite some time still i'm so hoping it's they... always going to be a perpetual problem or they could just like put Pithing Needle in the set or something. Yeah, I'm hoping I mean, they put an answer to it rather than having to keep banning stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not impossible. It's just in the format for so long, and I think people are already getting sick of it. And if the drop... when If Ulamog rotates and it becomes a Tier 3 deck, that's fine. But if it's still a Tier 1 deck come fall, I, I can't imagine that people are going to be okay with that. What, what if Nicol Bolas yeah. is plus 3 Exile 3 permanence? <laughs> My, minus three mill <laughs> twenty cards from the top. I'm, I'm feeling deck. the six mana four abilities Walker. Really? I, I think it's going to be two yeah. mana. It's going to be Tabal two point <laughs> No. Oh. I'm feeling six mana four abilities. He's got, I think feeling. it's going to be like ten mana. <laughs> I think three, it's going to be even three bigger Grix- and flashier than ever. Rat. Three and Grixis, four abilities. That's what I'm feeling. And then everyone's going to call him Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, think about it. We have we have seven four abilities. We have four four abilities. We need somewhere in between. It can't be five, although it, I guess it could be. But needs the Grixis color, so six. What if he has? I think he is this time for brainstorm on a planeswalker. I can see this happening. Mm. At at you know six plus planeswalker because. Nickel Bolas can only do so many things, and they've kind of used the game control destroy creature thing. So what's left, right? And I think some kind of they probably use that. They probably use that that middle of the week Wednesday emergency ban when they release (laughs) Nicole Bolas, and the subtext is like, (laughs) and uh, Marvel is banned. (laughs) Four four ability planeswalker. One of them is a zero, and we're gonna introduce a new generation to brainstorm. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Next question from Hindi Hammer. What with one v one commander being popular on Magic Online, what are the chances of it taking off in paper? Should I invest in a brawl deck? Um, yeah, it's wildly more popular than I even imagined on on MTGO. Um, it was already kind of popular, not really here, but it was already popular enough. 
I just the problem is like you're not operating with the same set of rules, so it's like kind of weird because I like the format. I want people to invest in it. It is fun, but at the same time, it's like I don't even think like if you're going for Baral, I don't even know where Baral ends up when we're not even we're not even playing with the even playing for, uh, playing field here. I mean, we don't even have the same ban list. Uh, I don't know if they're going to keep it even at thirty. Maybe they switch it. I don't know. So I, uh... it's weird. I just recorded uh, Brawl Polymorph videos for Much of Brew this coming weekend, and okay, nice. There's nice. no way that deck doesn't get banned. Like Emrakul, something from that deck is going to get banned. I'm surprised it hasn't already. So even if things line up, I just yeah. can't imagine. And once they ban Emrakul, for example, the deck just dies. Like you can't, it, you can't even play it anymore. So I think that it's a risky investment because I can't imagine Wizards not banning it. I'm surprised it wasn't banned last go around. Yeah. And, and see, that was the interesting thing to me. They banned three more cards that were on the original ban list for one versus one, but they didn't do anything else. Like, why not even include the commanders that were already banned? Like, I, I just don't understand. I, I would at least, at the very least, like to evaluate what's going on when we're when we have the full ban list. And you didn't run into these problems when the French committee switched the starting life total to 20. Like, Baral was still okay, but you can really combat Baral with other aggressive decks. Now, it just seems like it's at 30 Brawls everywhere, but we're not even with the same ban list, so I, I just, I don't know. It, it's very weird to evaluate. Yeah, and if I feel like the popularity of 1v1 uh, Moto Commander is quickly falling off, because I, like... Before the bannings, there were about 300 people in the leagues. Post-banning, when I played late last week, there was, like, sub-100. And I don't know what to make of that. I don't know if that's people, you know, they haven't had a chance to rejoin the league since the downtime. Or they were kind of like me and, like, why is Baral not banned? Like, what what is going on, right? Like, if, like... Yeah, or Tazigur, which has been banned for a while. So I think they're taking a step in the right direction, but... I, I I don't know. It's I, I wouldn't risk it for paper right now, especially since this is kind of the boogeyman yeah. of the format where everyone is basically saying this is too powerful. Something is probably going to get banned, and that something will probably kill the deck. Either Baral will get banned, or Emrakul will get yep. banned, and uh, the good news is still a pile of good blue cards, which is probably good enough to play 1v1 Commander, Yeah, but your deck will probably be banned, I think. I mean, at the very least, you... You buy into it, you lose Brawl if they banned Brawl. I, I would suspect they banned Brawl. But uh, you lose some Polymorph cards, which is not a huge deal. But it's like Richard said, a lot of those cards transfer over pretty well to something, another blue-based deck like Jace Friends Prodigy or something like that. So it's not complete waste. All right, next question from Where's the Troll 42 Any chances of Crucible of Worlds reprint in Hour of Devastation with Psycholands and the whole Underworld thing going on in Omnicat? I doubt it. I think it's, I mean, I think it's possible. Crucible doesn't seem like a card to me that's just on its face too powerful for standard. Whether it actually happens, I don't know, but I don't think it's just like blatantly too powerful in a world without strip mines and wastelands and anything like that. Have they reprinted a, a player created card since they were in uh, Crucible is a Crucible player created card? Crucible was in 10th. Yes. What, what player created? Like, 
It's not invitational, right? No, it was a player-created card. Like, the players created the card much like they did, like, um, that uh, Cold Snap card and Forgotten Ancient. Oh, Waste Not? Yeah, like the You Make the Card. Yeah, Waste Not. You Make the Card. Yeah, it was a community-created card, yeah. I mean, Crucible was in 10th edition, right? It was in Mirrodin and then 10th edition, so I think... What? Was it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crucible was in 5th on. And then 10th edition. Corset. No. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, there's two two printings. So I think it's I don't think it's outside oh, yeah, the realms right. of possibility. Yeah, but that that was a corset. Yeah. But do you think they would print it in well, a normal no corset like anymore? So. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so maybe I guess right. Yeah. Uh. They might. It's not terribly broken in standard. So if they they want to slot a reprint in, uh, they can play with Crucible, and it is kind of on flavor, and it mechanically makes sense with the cycle lands. So. Mm-hmm. I can see it happening. Yeah, you're right. Tenth. Wow, I totally forgot about that. All right, next question. Ancient scrape. What do you guys think of X Mage as a free alternative to Magic Online? All of those are, I guess, good choices. Like X Mage, Cockatrice. I mean, as a alternative, but um, it's really you. You really lose a lot of the the, the kind of the platform controlling the. The, the play, like, the actual play mechanics for you. Like, Cockatrice, you really have to, you and your opponent have to pretty much do everything, and obviously run you run into issues. Or MTGO, while you still run into issues, um, it, it kind of helps you along with the stack and, and your turns and what have yeah, you. Yeah, I, I would, I dislike these because the players that play on them are not as invested in magic. And what that basically means yeah. is... They don't know the rules. Uh, they will quit randomly in the middle of a game. You know, like when you play another Magic player at FNM or a Magic Online, they kind of spent like, you know, a couple hundred dollars on their deck. They actually spent time to learn the rules and stuff. So like a, a lot of the horror stories I see from X-Mage are like people don't understand uh, how the rules work or they just rage quit. You know, you play turn one Goblin Guide and they just quit. Right, where you know stuff like that doesn't happen as much uh, on Magic Online and stuff, and plus you don't support wizards, right? That's that's another thing. The, these programs are in the shady gray area, and I don't know. I feel it's just not as fun playing on these platforms. Now, I mean, it, they do have their place. I mean, it, it is it is okay for me to if you like are investing in a very you know pretty expensive commander deck before you go out and play and you don't really want to invest it again on MTGO like there are fact like there are certain ways it's it's beneficial yeah, when you but... know the other person so like when you play on Skype yeah, yeah, if yeah. you like you and your buddy you want right. to hop on then it actually works fine because you know you guys yeah. know each other you're not going to do anything weird but playing with strangers i think is a more downside but if you play oh, with your yeah. friends then it's it, it works perfectly fine Next question from Psychosmurf96. Have you guys ever thought of hosting a community tournament for Magic Online with unique slash jank restrictions and stream it? Oh, that would be cool. We've actually, like, sort of talked about it, but we've never really got to the, like, further stages of it to actually figure out what it would look like. But I think it's That'd something awesome. that could maybe happen at some point if we figure it out. I wish Magic Online would nice. let you just run tournaments. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that would be so be cool. easy. And it just like free money. Like you, you somehow put in like 500 ticks. It pays out 400 ticks. Wizards takes 100 ticks or whatever, right? They could take a 25% cut 
And then, you know, it actually like seeds people correctly. You can run a Swiss tournament or whatever to cut the top eight. Uh, so hopefully they're thinking about that for the next magic platform. They're probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> that would be very sweet. You can you can, you can run Star City Games Open Series on Magic Online. You know, you could do stuff like that. Yeah. Right? Now it's just like go to this website and set up a bracket and hope the players report correctly, and it's just a big mess. Yeah. Next question from V Thorsby: Will Tigum be a legacy staple? Uh, this is no. the Commander 2017 oh. Tigum, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yes. Tigum scheming, I think. No. <laughs> hey, we, we laughed at Tigum, Tigum scheming. scheming that's a no. <laughs> Tier 1 standard deck. Yeah, yes. I, I don't think Tigum's it strong was. enough. Uh, Veracruz 20. <sighs> How many points of direct damage would it take for Mono Red Burn to make it in standard? 35-ish? So I actually asked this commenter like what they meant and i still didn't understand what they meant so i'm just going to rephrase this as what does it take to make mono red burn good in standard what do we need do we just need a lightning bolt do we need i i think i think what they were trying to ask is does standard need more direct damage spells like do we need uh exquisite the the exquisite firecrafts and the stoke the right. flames type cards again and we absolutely do. How I much? Mean, like, what do we need? Are we a Stoke the Flames away from making this work? Do we need Stoke think, the Flames and Lightning Strike? <laughs> all right. I just played Mono Red, and I had to play Built to Smash as my third burn spell. We have Shock, yeah. which isn't great. We have Incendiary Flow, which, I mean, those cards are passable. You can play them in a burn deck, and they're not horrible by standards, uh, whatever, measurements. But... I think you need two more good burn spells. They yep. don't have to be lightning bolts, but I think you need two more like lightning strike level or even incendiary yes. flow level effects to really make the strategy viable. I think we need a exquisite firecraft type card or like a char. Like char would be awesome and give us like lightning just straight up lightning strike. All right. So a a two mana, three damage spell and then some kind of four damage mm-hmm. spell at like three plus mana. Yeah. Three, yeah. Yep. I think that's what we're kind of lacking. Yeah. We're definitely. Right, I lacking say we need that. price of we progress, baby. <laughs> two oh, damage. Oh, uh, two mana. Yeah. Deal like seven oh. damage to your face. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would be really awesome right Price now. of progress would be an interesting card. And I, I think they card. should put it in standard to reward people they for really playing should. one or two colors. Because if you're not going to yep. print land destruction, like basically Wasteland is one of the punishing cards for playing multiple colors and legacy they don't want to do that for standard so give us a price of progress or maybe like a three mana price yeah. of progress or even a four mana yep do we have a four mana price of progress we might do we? i thought they printed a price of progress of type head. card recently maybe that was in commander i think you're is it ruination no but well, instant speed it. is it i want to see instant speed yes. price of progress and standard to punish greedy mana bases and make burn legitimate <laughs> Yeah. And and again, this 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 all wraps it back to, you know, these are the types of archetypes and these are the type of cards that can leave certain you can leave certain archetypes like Marvel where okay, you spin, you got the Ulamog, that's great, you know, you may still win, but you're still in kind of burn range. You know, you're still I'm still able to, you know, st- take you out on turn four because i have that extra bit of reach with my exquisite firecraft or char or what happened. i want to see a next level play where you you spin the wheel hit ulamog and exile two of your lands to not die to price of progress 
I want to see that yeah. happen. And then that's when we know we have a fearsome burn deck in the format. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, or Marvel burn. You can just Marvel into your price of progress. Oh. Uh, next question. Xenofan2. Black has no artifact answers, but is selfish. So artifact theft, gain control of target artifact. Ah, oh, that's blue, mm. I think, to me. I yeah. think I think that it's Yeah, I think it's fine that Black has no artifact answers. Yeah. That that's, that's what kind I was of its, say too. its shtick. Yeah. It it hasn't for a long time. I mean the the, the most you think black, back, like, maybe like a couple the most cards. black artifact answer is like a thought seize or a um, Yeah. Surgical extraction type. Hey, now you got you got Gator Phyrexia. You have some, oh, I remember that some stuff to work with. <laughs> I mean, could go um, on a long rant, but that's what makes Magic great is like colors have benefits and downsides. Except if like, you're green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except you draw, then you get it all. Tutoring, what? big beefy creatures. <laughs> hey, it sounds that all sounds awesome. <laughs> Uh, next question at toolbar will we ever see wizards nerfing cards instead of banning them no uh, I think they can't do with physical it cards is... unless it's like clearly yeah, like yeah, a typo or something they're not gonna errata uh, physical cards yeah not until M- magic is a ma- online game only if that ever happens then yes but otherwise no alright next mm-hmm. question V Thorsby uh, Akiba, Chiba, Grand Prix Kobe, top eight with Esper Control with Floor Glory Bound Initiates. Thoughts? Did you guys did, see this? I did notice Floor that. Floor Glory that Bound initi- is... uh, Initiates, Four yeah. Painful Truths, <laughs> Batter Skull. Yeah. And then a I, lot I, of I, counter magic for the, what looks like a tap out control yep. deck. I mean, the, the, the person top eighted, so I can't be too critical, but to me, that seems really bad you're just turning what? on all your opponent's fatal pushes and all their path exiles and cards that would normally like that's the upside of playing a control deck is you like blank all these cards in your opponent's hand so it seems like an odd choice to me but it obviously worked for uh, a Keo, so i <laughs> yeah. guess yeah i think the four painful truths is the I- secret sauce there like i think the glory bound initiative yeah. somehow like counteracts the painful truths but like you said, it's just so weird. Like you tap out, but you have all these counter spells in hand, and you turn on all the removal, and it just seems not cohesive. But they somehow got top eight, and I'm very curious. <laughs> and I, I want to see how I, it works in action. We've seen these lists play like a singleton baneslayer angel every now and then. I mean, this just is like a two mana bane baneslayer. I mean, you just get in there for four. <laughs> you you. You lifelink, obviously, and your painful truths are yeah, free. Yeah, I think you don't play it as a two drop. I think you wait as a six drop, yeah, play it and protect, protect it, it, and then gain four life, painful mm-hmm. truths, and then kind of take over from there. But yeah, you're good to go. Still seems a little weird. Uh, Soulfire Grandmaster would be a card you would think would be played if you wanted to do this, but apparently not. Yeah. Last question from me, Mean Pork. Please resolve an argument. What percentage of total Magic players understand how the stack works? Oh man, ten. But wait, wait, where are we drawing the line of like knows how it works? Uh, like uh, order of spell well, resolution. Yeah. I think most people would know. We'll I just think, say yeah. fully understand. Well, no one fully understands. Fully understand is super small. Well, yeah. See, this question like just understands it at all. But if it's like understands, like you, you think you it's can, like I cast, you know, I cast. Uh, 
I cast Raven Inspector or something, and then you know you untap your land, and then the other guy's like I counterspell, and then he's like, oh sorry, you're too late, you missed the opportunity, like you, like that kind of interaction. Or are you talking about? I think mo- you know, I venture your spell, and then I cryptic, and there's a rest in peace, and like where you know I snapcaster. Where are these cards? You know, at the right time, like you know, kind of that interaction. I think most people have the elementary understanding enough to play the game. I haven't run into too many people that just don't understand how to like counter a spell, for example, or something well, you like play that. Magic and online, that's like though. a basic you understanding. Correctly, right? Ah, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think like when it comes to, I don't know. Uh, tricky stuff where you're like maintaining priority to like copy your own spells and yeah. stuff like that. I think is where a lot less people really understand it. Fully. All right, so let's let's assume the question is like basics of the stack. How many? Oh, then like seventy five, seventy five percent. Yeah, I, I would say like basically a hundred percent of anyone who goes to F and M or like reads <laughs> okay. reads Reddit or or goes on Goldfish. And it's probably the kitchen table players that may not know how the stack works because they don't go play outside their group. So no one's there to tell them, hey, you know, the stack doesn't work. Uh, and I don't know what percentage yeah. of players that is. But I know as a kid, Maybe when I was a kid, too. you know, we read the rule book and we just played magic and it was not correct magic. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm no, sure it was some definitely not correct magic after that. <laughs> I would say like 50% of casual players. Like, the people that just buy, like, a pre-con at Walmart, and, like, that's it. Like, they don't read guides, they don't go to F&M. They don't even have guides in any of that stuff anymore, do they? That's true. It's very, very slim down. They have, like, a one-page insert of how to play, and I don't know yeah. if they talk about the so, stock in there. I'll, I'll leave it at, like, a 70-30 as, a, like, a basic understanding. All right. 70-30, that's the final answer. <laughs> so that's all of our fish fail for this yeah. week. Thank you everyone for sending it in. <laughs> yeah, that was some great fish mail. Um, yeah, we are running late, uh, but yeah, that was all awesome. Uh, anything really crazy out the door? We're already pretty uh, long here. All right, uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, thank you everyone for sending those in. Uh, awesome discussion, gentlemen. Uh, we will do this again next week. Uh, looking forward to it. And this is going to be the MTG Goldfish Cruise signing out. We will see you all next time.